Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be continuing our Park Icons miniseries. Whew! What a week. What a week it's been. This episode's coming out like three days late. That's okay. Because it has been a week. It has been a week. Pretty, pretty busy. It was busier than we anticipated. I've had this research done for about 10 days and uh, yeah. just have not had time yeah. to sit down and record it. So we that, went up to... That happens. We were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for like two and a half days. Mm, three days, yep. And it was awesome. But um, it kind of took the wind out of our sails, having to go up, spend the time, and then come back. So We, we have just... a, a toddler who is refusing bedtime. And you're in the third trimester. I've got a lot of work going on. You know, we're making just, it happen, people. Yeah, it is what it is. The funny thing about it is I thought over the summer we'd be like ready to go and no no hiccups at all. But when man makes plans, Walt Disney laughs, you know? You know it. So. You know it. Yeah. What's going on with you this week? So I've got a handful of things I'm excited about this week. We are going to be using our Hershey season passes again. Finally, it's been like a month. Yes. Um, so we're going to be going to Hershey this week again, and so I'm excited for that. And then in Disney-related news, this news has actually been out for a couple weeks now, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show, and that is the announcement that came with the Christmas parties this year, that they are adding in Jollywood Nights mm -hmm. at Hollywood Studios. And all I have to say about this is if you have not seen the artwork or the promotions about this event, holy cow, stop what you're doing and go look it up because I hope they keep this around for next year. We're going to Disney next um, December, November sometime yeah. around Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I love the old Hollywood style. So one of the coolest things for me is that at Jollywood Nights, it's sort of going to be like mixing it with Dapper Day where they want you to wear like your Christmas holiday best glam from the red carpet, old Hollywood style. Um, the style of music is going to be more jazzy. You're going to have like a Tiana performance. Um, it's just going to be like an upscale Christmas party with upscale treats and Hollywood Studios vibes instead of just a Magic Kingdom Christmas party, which is, you know, wonderful and great and special. It's cool. But I different. think this is so unique, and I'm yeah. so excited that we're getting something different for a holiday party. Yeah, it almost reminds me of the DCA stuff that happens in um, California, where yeah. you know, over Hollywood Studios. How they get something. like Oogie Boogie Bash yes. and something a little bit different. So yeah. I am really, really excited about this. Haven't had a chance to talk about it yeah. yet. Yeah, that's great. No, there's a lot going on with Disney in this, this uh, period of time, including just high anxieties with um, Bob Iger talking about selling off assets and stuff. Yikes. Yeah, that was crazy. People are flipping out. It's super People are crazy. mad at Bob. I know. We got like Bob's good Bob's had a rough week. It wasn't but a couple weeks ago that everyone was just like so happy. A couple months ago that everyone was so happy that Bob was back in the in the saddle, you know. And it just the internet I think the internet's his own narrative, but it's it's funny. Yep. What are you excited about this week? Um I'm excited about uh, the 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 very exciting fact that we have, along with our friends at Deep Cut, who are not going anywhere, have brought on another sponsor for the show. However, um, details are to come. 
because we just kind of put everything together this week with them. And um, before I talk about how great they are, um, I actually am getting my very first product from this company sometime soon. They're going to send it to me. And once I get my hands on it, I'll be able to talk about it and show it off, probably do like an Instagram live with their company. Um, and it's really, I mean, it is just like bonkers exciting, these guys. All and, I will say and is- what a cool secret. It's a really good, you know what it is. I do know really, what it is, but like the people don't know and it's yeah, really exciting. I'm just going to say this. If you are a big Star Wars fan, you are going to flip your lid about this. Yeah. I'm flipping my lid about it. Like I can't believe that this happened actually. I know. I'm really excited about it. Um, we are going to be able to offer uh, listeners of the show 10% off with this new sponsor as well. So um, throughout the show, you'll be hearing you know information about our friends over at Deep Cut and then this new company that we just started working with. Um, again, like we we just started talking to each other like this week. So this is all like crazy in the, or I guess last week maybe, when I, it doesn't matter, but it, it's it's like all kind of kind of crazy. So I'm really excited about that. Um, other though, otherwise, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, oh, you know what I am excited about kind of is that Epcot got the Disney 100 Mickey statue. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, Look yeah. At, yeah. So it was just in, um, in Disneyland for a, a while. Mm -hmm. Now it's over in Epcot post 50th post all kinds of stuff. Right. So I am thrilled to see that. Because I think it's really cute. And uh, really I was getting cute. a little bit anxious that we weren't going to be able to see it in Disneyland. But knowing that it's more likely that we'll end up in Disney World makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, so, for sure. Plus, we'll be in Florida in March. And I'd like to try to weasel my way to Orlando while I'm there. <laughs> see if we can take a little side trip. Yeah, just a little side quest. We already have paid for the airfare. So there you go. That's like the most expensive part of traveling to Florida, as everyone yeah. knows. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, are you ready to talk to me about this uh, forgotten um, uh, Disney icon of the past? I am. Womp womp. All right, so today we are talking about R.I.P., the sorcerer's hat that was once standing in MGM Studios, a.k.a. Hollywood Studios. The sorcerer's hat opened on September 28, 2001 in Disney's Hollywood Studios, which was then known as Disney MGM Studios. Um, it was known as MGM actually from 1989 when it opened to 2008. And then the hat officially closed January 7th, 2015, um, and it was completely torn down and gone by February 25th, 2015. So it took about a month and a half, two months to take this thing down. Um, like I said, MGM opened in 1989. It actually opened on May 1st. This is the most Michael Eisner park ever when it first opened. <laughs> um, it was inspired by Universal Studios Hollywood. And so you can see a lot of the inspiration of the types of attractions that we had and the vibes of, you know, Hollywood Boulevard and all of the California kind of vibes that Hollywood Studios was going for back then when it opened. The hat itself was actually inspired by the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment from the 1940 animated film Fantasia. Steven, I would like to ask you, what are your thoughts about the film Fantasia? Love it. You love it? I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
when I, I was when I was a wee lad, um, my grandmother and I went out to the grocery store where at the time you could buy VHS tapes, and we bought Fantasia two thousand, oh, and I watched times. it all the time. Okay, so I've always been a fan of the arts. So I have a vivid memory of being at a friend's house in elementary school and they put on Fantasia and I fell asleep. I was bored to tears. I thought it was the worst movie I'd ever seen in my life. I liked the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene. It was just everything else was so boring to me that I don't even know the last time I've seen it. Do you, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to punch up here, but do you like know what the reason behind it kind of was? I mean, like, what its significance is in the history of Disney? No, I don't. Basically, Fantasia was a way for Walt and the animators to show, basically flex their muscles. Got it. Show all um, the animation. Basically show off everything they could do in yep. a beautiful film with music. Mm-hmm. There's a whole, I think, Disney Plus thing about it somewhere where okay. you can watch it, watch a um, like behind the scenes kind of documentary about it. But um, it's it, that's kind of what it is. So, I mean, it's just this whole experience simply for the fact that a big part of what they wanted to do was show off their animation skills in a format that wasn't a full-length film or a short. That makes sense. Yeah. Look at you teaching me something on my episode. Well, this is not about an icon. This is about the film. Yes, but that's so. what it was inspired by. So that's great. Yeah, I, I, maybe I would appreciate it more now if I saw it, but I was bored to tears as a child watching this movie. So that's fa- I mean, that's fair. It's That's totally fair. The quote from... The Disney Company is that the hat was inspired. Oops. What are you going to say? We're going to cut that little segment. And we'll see. (laughs) The quote from the Walt Disney Company is that the hat represented the magic of show business and the entertainment wizardry of Disney. So it was tying in this sort of magical element that Disney is able to uh, accomplish through their films and through the music and all of that. So that's how they sort of tied it in with the Hollywood studios and the movie magic vibes that you got at MGM Studios when it originally opened. That was sort of their rationale. It was built at the end of Hollywood Boulevard in front of the Great Movie Ride, which, again, RIP, we know this as um, Grumman's Chinese Theater, and it is now, of course, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So if you're not familiar with the sorcerer's hat or you never had a chance to see it, it was a ginormous blue sorcerer's hat with Mickey's ears and a glove peeking out from underneath. It stood at 122 feet tall and weighed 156 tons. For Mickey to be able to proportionately wear the hat, which I don't know why anyone would ever have figured this (laughs) fact out, he would have had to be 350 feet tall. So 350 foot Mickey would be proportional in terms of the, the character size. that you see in the parks. And that's huge. To be I mean, able to wear this hat proportionately. That's daunting. It was made from fiberglass and decorated with two glittering moons and six stars. When I think about this hat, all I can think of is that my brother had one of these that we bought at MGM when we were little. And he mm-hmm. wore it all the time when he was like in elementary school. Sure. And it just like sat in his closet. So I just picture the yeah. the stars yeah. and the moons and the big shimmery things on it. I, like I, 
that's all I can picture. Yeah. Um, from from here on out, whenever I think of sorcerer's Mickey's sorcerer Mickey's hat, I just think of Jason Ratner. Um, because that's his favorite character. Yeah. And we talked about it in great length in our episode together yeah, on the interview. Um, yeah, he had like so much sorcerer Mickey stuff in his office, so it was so distracting on our on our video call because I kept looking at all of his like memorabilia yeah. and things like that. That's so fun. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of other instances that we'll see the hat and sorcerer mickey so that's what i thought was interesting as i was doing some of this research too um to continue talking about sort of the structure of the hat and how it was constructed it was painted with something known as chameleon paint meaning that it caused the hat to shift in color as guests got closer and kind of moved around it and they used enough of this automotive style paint to cover 500 cadillacs Wow. When they originally painted it. That's how much paint they used. Interesting. The Mickey ear portion was made with a special effect called light ribbon, and they appeared to change color and sparkle internally. So if you notice, they don't actually look like large black Mickey ears, like mm-hmm. the traditional Mickey ears. Right. They're sort of just like these outlines. They're almost golden looking. Yes. Yeah? Like mm-hmm. golden and sparkly looking. And it's just the outline of the ears popping yeah. out. And then you have the white glove that right. does look like a three-dimensional glove underneath of it Mm -hmm. um it contains seventeen thousand feet of underground utility piping Hmm. which is 57 football fields in length in case you also wanted to know how many football fields the pipes made up i didn't but i appreciate you telling me these facts that i found were so random it was really this is how i felt a little bit about the pixar pal around yes was like it was there was not a whole lot to say about it beyond just like yeah, here's the ride. Here's the orange and purple, you know, gondolas and what have you. Yes. Don't forget your barf bags. I know. So here's the interesting thing about this sorcerer's hat. And at the end of all of my research that I share, I do want to have a little bit of discussion about your thoughts about the hat and its purpose and thoughts, what sure. your thoughts are. But originally, the hat was supposed to debut during the 100 Years of Magic celebration which honored Walt Disney's 100th birthday in 2001. So the hat opens in 2001. Mm-hmm. They said it was because of this celebration, which made people think, oh, this is a temporary thing, right? Like, it's going to be here for the celebration. I mean, 14 years is temporary-ish. Yes, but you use 17,000 mm-hmm. feet of underground utility piping for something that's temporary. right. right. Yeah. You can't see my eyes, yeah. listeners. They're but... squinting kind of kind of uh dubiously a little. Yes. Like, hmm, that doesn't sound temporary to me. Right. It just doesn't. It took about nine months to build this hat and all of its little quirks. And then in January two thousand nine, they repainted the hat to make it brighter. Now, if you're not familiar, prior to this sorcerer's hat. Opening in 2001. Steven, do you know what the park icon or icons were prior to the Sorcerer's Hat mm-hmm. in MGM Studios? Um, my, my gut is telling me that, yeah, it was Grauman's Chinese Theater. Half correct. Half correct. And also the Tower of Terror. Not no. the Tower of Terror. That's kind of its icon now, which I still think is just bonkers. Do you have any idea what the other icon may have been? It is also no longer there. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm trying to pull all of my... Oh, wait. Wasn't it a dinosaur in the lake? 
Well, the dinosaur in the lake is still there. Okay. That's I'm trying to pull icon. all of my MGM knowledge, which I have to admit I have lesser than I would than I would prefer to have. I, I don't know. It was the water tower. The earful That's tower. That's right. Of course. Yes. The water tower with the ears on it. Yes. The earful tower. Like the Eiffel Tower. Get I knew, it? I knew <laughs> that. I knew that. And I just forgot to. Because it was in like the back lot area, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Shoot. I knew so that. So the earful tower was known as the park icon of Hollywood Studios. It was a water tower inspired by the real one at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. Mm-hmm. However, the earful tower never actually contained any water. Um. It was the icon with the great movie ride, and it was removed in April of 2016, which means you I missed it by never like a minute. saw it. Why did they remove that? Because I, I think because it... Because they began construction on... Galaxy's Edge. Wrong area. Pa- oh, uh, Toy Story Land? Toy Story Land. I can't, honestly, I can't like yep. envision in my head where it would be. Yep. I would need to see... Yeah, interesting. I would need to see a map. Of um, but that makes sense. Yeah. So they yeah. started the construction on Toy Story Land, and that was our first trip together. Is when we mm-hmm. saw the the boards up with yes. the pictures of this is going to be the future mm-hmm. of Toy Story Land. Yada yada. Correct. So they yeah. removed the water tower, the Earful Tower, and the Earful Tower was seen clearly on the back lot tour. Um, the Chinese theater was known for its attraction named the Great Movie Ride because of trademarking, because they couldn't use. Grauman's Chinese Theater, since there already was one. Correct, in yeah. In Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did not actually often use the Great Movie Ride or the Chinese Theater in marketing materials. It was usually the Earful Tower. Mm-hmm. Water towers were super common on movie sets and backlots because of all of the wooden set pieces back in the day. Sure. So they would have the water towers in case something were to catch on fire when mm-hmm. they were making movies um, that they could easily utilize that to be able to put out the fire right right and so that sort of before we had the sorcerer's hat we had the water tower the earful tower Mm -hmm. and the chinese theater now the placement of the sorcerer's hat was smack dab in front of the chinese theater yeah isn't that something so you couldn't see it when you're walking down hollywood boulevard Mm -hmm. and that's what people were the most upset about is that if you look up photos, mm-hmm. you enter the park, mm-hmm. you're walking straight down Hollywood Boulevard, and you saw this beautiful sorcerer's hat. But then you kind of saw that there was something behind it and you couldn't tell what it was. And it was the Great Movie Ride, which was like the other icon of the park. Yeah, that is very um, anti-typical for Disney to do it something is. like that. If we think of every icon in the park, it's like supposed to be there in the, in the very center. Correct. It's not supposed to be... A blockade for something behind it. Right. And it's not usually off to the side. It's usually like front and center. Or towering over something. Correct. So that's right. why now the only logical um, icon for Hollywood Studios, which we did talk about previously, is the Hollywood Tower Hotel. And so that is used on all the marketing materials as the park icon and the Chinese theater replica Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is really the visual centerpiece of the park. So now when you walk Mm -hmm. in, you're walking straight down Hollywood Boulevard. And what do you see at the end? None other than the Grauman's Chinese Theater replica there with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mm -hmm. There's a little stage in front of it, which there's usually a photo pass person there. Yeah, and it's not obtrusive or anything. It's not. And that was used um, 
for a lot of those shows that they were doing. Like they did a couple Star Wars shows and they did the Star Wars show projected onto the Chinese theater. And so that space is still used. There's usually a photo pass person. They are yeah, taking right. photos of people in front of the Chinese theater and taking photos and um, looking down Hollywood Boulevard. So it really is um, a visual centerpiece there. Mm-hmm. The Hollywood Tower Hotel, I think, just became the icon because of its height. Yeah, almost out of like necessity. Right, because it's sort of down that side corridor. Is that Sunset Boulevard? Uh, yeah. Down the side yeah, corridor yeah, mm-hmm. when you go in the park. Yep. Yeah. So it's at the end of Sunset Boulevard, I believe. Um, and mm-hmm. so yeah, you it kind of takes away from the the majestic. This episode is brought to you by Deep Cut. Deep Cut are makers and purveyors of handcrafted, extremely high-quality record storage and displays, shelving, slip mats, coasters, and so much more. We love these guys. They're based out of Minnesota, and they've been sponsoring the show for some time now, but we've actually had Deep Cut in our home for years. One of the first things that we got from them were actually our uh, flip record display shelves and their floating U shelves that we just absolutely love. Uh, their U-shelves are beautiful. We have the walnut, uh, the walnut ones that are actually in our bedroom and hold some plants, some photo frames, uh, some books, things like that. And also we have their flip record display shelves in our sitting room uh, where our record player is and we have all of our favorite albums um, easily accessible and, and ready to see at any given time. Um, I, I can't really say enough about how much we, we really love Deep Cut. Um, they're such a great company. Their philosophy is quality and handcraftsman. Uh, and handcrafted products first, and uh, it's, it's just one of those places where when you when you get an item, when you get um, uh, when you when you get your package, when you get your stuff from Deep Cut, you you can just tell immediately when you pull it out. Like you can smell, um, you can smell the wood. You can feel like the quality of it as you are um, as you're kind of uh, pulling everything out and taking a look at your new products. It's it's unbelievable, and frankly, it's it's unrivaled. Um, we have as the Parks Academy a very special promo code. You can use the code TPA10 at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first order at Deep Cut. Listen, guys, I, I, I really got to tell you, um, you can go ahead and apply this to anything um, from their brand new tabletop uh, record stand, which I highly recommend. Uh, their wall cubes, like I said, their uh, their flip record display shelves, their amazing turntable coasters. And um, also, I love, I, I, I keep saying this, but I love their uh, floating U shelves. I'm such an advocate and, a, uh, and, and someone who um, just loves these products and will, will, will tell it to everyone. I'm not saying this because they sponsor the show. I mean this. Um, we actually got their coasters not that long ago. And one of my favorite things about it is uh, that there's a detail in the middle of the record that says, listen to music the hard way. Um, again, I just, you know, their, their passion for quality and aesthetics and, 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 Bringing forward a really great product is is undeniable. So, again, if you go to their website and you type in TPA10, you are going to get 10% off your first order. Thank you again so much to Deep Cut for sponsoring the show and being a part of the Parks Academy. And now, back to the show. You walk in the park and you're walking straight towards the icon. I don't know. It It almost feels like... It almost feels like out of all the parks, Hollywood Studios and, and DCA together are kind of the most disjointed as far as the icons. Um, but I don't think I really knew that. I'm sure I have seen it or have noticed, but I didn't really know that it was like blocking uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater. 
which I guess makes total sense that it was. Uh, but that that seems um, it seems a little short sighted. And if it was like something for a year or two, that's one thing. But for fourteen years to be kind of obtrusive like that, yeah, or you know, intrusive, I should say, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it fits, and it feels like it was poorly planned. But again, I mean, that's there was a lot going on with Disney in that period right. of time. Right. So let's talk a little so. bit about the decision okay. to place the hat there. Mm-hmm. So I already mentioned it was being debuted during the 100 Years of Magic celebration, which honored Walt Disney's 100th birthday. So from 2001 to 2003, that really was the celebration of the 100 Years of Magic. And during that time, they actually had interactive kiosks mm-hmm. under the hat where guests could learn more about Walt Disney, his life and his career. So it was really like a learning stop. It was not really an attraction so much as like um, an alternative to Walt's one-man stream. And it was also used as a location for many shows once that um, 100 Years of Magic ended. Like the High School Musical show would be there several times a day. Um, And so that was a big popular thing from 2006, I believe, is when High School Musical came out, all the way through when the third one came out in, like, 2009. And so uh, that was really a – or 2010, maybe. That was a time for them to be able to utilize some of the, like, Disney Channel IP to be able to bring people into the parks. They had, like, this fun pep rally where there was dancing and they had kids singing along and – and participating so it became sort of like a just a location mm-hmm. for meetup things to happen so before they decided to put the hat in the park the original plan was that the sorcerer's hat was going to be built outside of the park and it was going to be twice the height feature two ferris wheels as the ears oh my gosh and Eisner. host walt disney one man's dream underneath of it so if you look at the That's awful. If you look at the drawings or the concept uh-huh. art for this, yeah. it is ginormous. Okay, I need to look this up. It's ginormous. It's two big Ferris wheels for the ears, of course. And then the hat is just massive. And it's sort of like a pavilion underneath where they have the concept for like a building that you would go into and experience Walt One Man Stream. So that was the original uh, plan. It's actually not as bad. And the concept art as I thought it was. It doesn't. Be. I mean, it it still looks fine, it's, but it, it's a little tacky. Yes, it's cheesy looking, is but what I think. It would have actually not been a nearly as bad. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna drag this to my desktop so it's our show art. There you go. Um, or at least in our show notes. Yeah, it, it's definitely not as bad as I as I thought it was gonna be. Um, but it's still a little clunky. I, I like. I do like the idea of having it outside the park. I think that's really clever. Mm-hmm. Um. But well, because Walt Disney World had the space for that, right? Exactly, and um, you know, I hate to keep bringing it back to it, but at the time, DCA had the California, you know, granite letters, which you unfortunately never saw out in front, and it was actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, shoot, I, I think they could have taken it as it is and moved it up to the front. Um, I have a map up in front of me here of uh, MGM Studios from 2002, and I am. Currently looking, yes, the the Mickey Sorcerer hat is right there in the middle, like almost like it's laying on top of, um, on top of Crawford's Chinese Theater. Yeah, I feel like there could have been space for it elsewhere. So like, there's a huge area kind of next to, in between Fantasmic and the Beauty and the Beast alive on stage, where it could have gone. Well, that's like completely just walkway for people, right? No, it's grassy. 
Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that the only people that would like be able to engage and see the whole thing are the people going to the Phantasmic show, right? Yeah, but it would fit sort of it like would, off to the side. Right, but it would fit over there. It would, which I do want to talk about a little bit. Are you going to talk about another Mickey Sorcerer's hat that I'm thinking about? I'm going to talk about a couple of Mickey Sorcerer's okay, hats. Okay, because there's one I'm thinking of that's thinking very of. well placed. Yes. So let's continue talking just a little bit about that original plan. So obviously the plans changed and it was built centrally in Hollywood Studios. It actually housed a pin trading station inside for most of its run um, during those 14 years or however long it was there. Um, But as we just talked about a few times, fans complained that the location of the hat blocked the view of the Chinese theater and Hollywood Studios was already undergoing a ton of changes in the early 2010s, mid 2010s. So they removed it in 2015. There are other versions of this sorcerer's hat. Yes. One of them being at the Roy E. Disney Animation Building at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. And that is actually where Roy's office used to be. Okay. That's the famous one you were talking about. No, it's not the one I was thinking of. The other one you may be thinking about is at the Disneyland Hotel. That's the one I was thinking yes. of. Yeah, I knew that there was the one in, in, in Burbank, but um, I was thinking specifically of the one that uh, is really beautifully uh, beautifully done in, yes. uh, in Anaheim. So at the Disneyland Hotel, you will also find another ginormous Mickey Sorcerer's hat there. Um, so those are like the sort of two other famous ones that are still standing. The hat also appears in Fantasmic, of course, which is actually one of the longest running shows at the park. It opened in October 15th of 1998. And though the hat was meant to be temporary, like I talked about, it really does fit the 30s and 40s old Hollywood theme because Fantasia was released in 1940. Yeah, definitely. So there were some people you know, people who try to defend it and saying, but it was part of the golden era of Hollywood and mm-hmm. it came out in 1940. Sure. And so it really does fit this Hollywood, old Hollywood theme. Um, but, you know, more critics than fans. Yeah, I mean, it does fit. I just, if it was in place of Grauman's, it would have been better, I think. Yes, but I or... think if we had taken that out, mm-hmm. we would have lost out big on the Great Movie Ride was a fantastic attraction, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is amazing. So I agree with you. Um, I think it's a little tricky because, as they say, you need like the weenie of the park where it's something you go toward. And Grauman's is like undoubtedly um, something you would need to go toward. So, like, obviously, you have, um, if you, you know, go over to the, um, if you walk in and go to the left, Star Tours is kind of that big thing, right? That you walk toward um, other other direction, Tower of Terror. And then, of course, like straight ahead, you've got Grauman's. That hasn't really changed much over the years. Right. Um, so I just, you know, it, it's just, it's strange. It, it definitely was kind of forced in there. It's, it, it's bad design work is what it is. Right. I learned this stuff in college about forcing things in design that don't belong. Yeah. Um, but it's not my decision. I, I would like to go back to this map really quick that I'm looking at from 2002. Okay. Because it uh, has handwritten notes on it oh, from from one of the people who used it. Fun. So um, I just want to point out really quickly a couple of these um, attractions that they circled that they wanted to do and some that they X'd out. Okay. So the first one they want to do is Sounds Dangerous starring Drew Carey. That's circled big. They want to do that one. Okay. They want to do the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. That is circled. 10 out of 10. For some reason, Star Tours is is very obviously X'd out. Wow. Um. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, of course, is X'd out. Um, big circle on the making of the Haunted Mansion movie. 
Really? And a uh, big circle, huge circle on Fantasmic. Okay. And then um, one more X on Playhouse Disney. Wow. So they had their priorities they, straight. They sure did. So the interesting thing for me, too, is Fantasmic, to me, is sort of like the culminating thing that everybody does at the end of the night in Hollywood Studios. And so I felt like that was, when I was a kid, that was why the Sorcerer's Hat was there, is it was tying in with Fantasmic, which everybody did in my mind. It was like, how do you end your day at Hollywood Studios? Yeah. You go to Fantasmic. I have and- not seen it there. So you see the icon when you walk in in the morning, and then you go to the show to end your day. So even if those two things didn't match anything else in the park, they matched each other. And that mm-hmm. was sort of like the advertisement for Fantasmic was that. That's how I viewed it when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I think it, I think it would have been interesting had they taken the Sorcerer's Hat, scaled it down by 25 to 30 percent, and then put it as the entrance to Fantasmic. Fantasmic. It's still there. You can still see it from yeah, the street. Like you walk. Um, but you walk Line. under it, you know, walk through under it. it. Yeah, that's what I would do yeah. personally. Would you like to hear a little history about the hat? Oh gosh, I would love to hear history about the hat. So this part's interesting. Like I said, it's been a very long time since I've seen Fantasia, but the history behind this sorcerer's hat, the lore, as we would say, is it was originally owned by sorcerer Yen Sid. Okay. Yen Sid. I like how you are trying to pronounce your. Foreign language words. It's not a foreign language word. It's just Disney spelled backwards. Gosh. Darn you, <laughs> Walt. So. Um, Pulling one over on me. Sorcerer Yen said was Mickey's teacher. <laughs> that stinks. I was. I'm, I'm I humiliated. I'm humiliated. One. Yeah. I got you good on that one. It's just Disney spelled backwards. But Yen said the sorcerer is rather famous in Walt Disney history. But he was actually modeled after Walt himself. Something about, like, the eyes and the eyebrows? Um, I don't know. From the original I don't. Fantasia. I don't see it. Yeah, he looks evil to I me. I don't see he? it at all. Maybe Doesn't it's the enormous beard. I don't uh, know. The Merlin beard. I d- but have I don't. Idea. Uh... So the interesting thing is um, his name is never once mentioned in Fantasia, but the animators gave him this name. Interesting. There are several other appearances of the hat in different film and TV. So Mickey Mouse Clubhouse mm-hmm. actually has an episode where they find Mickey Sorcerer's hat. Philhar Magic, of course. Um, we know the attraction with Donald Duck and yeah. he's flying mm-hmm. around catching the hat and all that. Yep, yep. The Hunchback of Notre Dame's end credits features the hat. Okay, that, that I wouldn't tracks. Have been able to with tell like you the that. topsy turvy celebration and stuff. I can see how it would make an appearance in there. No idea. I haven't seen that movie in like twenty years. And then in the ABC show Once Upon a Time, which if you're familiar at all with the concept of that show, they basically tied every single Disney character into this like one universe yes, where yes, yes, yes. like Rumpelstiltskin is evil mm-hmm. and it's all about Snow White and Prince Charming and their mm-hmm. relationship with this kid named Henry. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm actually was looking at a picture of that as I was Googling. Yeah, so Rumpelstiltskin, I think, is the one that gets a hold of the sorcerer's hat and it's like the most powerful thing in the universe, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So the... Original Sorcerer's Hat that we see in Fantasia in the 1940 film um, during the Sorcerer's Apprentice bit. It's that Mickey puts the hat on while Yen Sid is sleeping and it's 
Yensid's hat, who is Mickey's teacher. Um, while Yensid is asleep, he uses the power of the hat to get the broom to do his chores for him. But things get out of hand and he realizes he was not ready to harness the power of the hat. Yeah. The, so hero, Mickey, the, hero's, uh, the hero's journey. Yeah. So Mickey Classic. tries to cheat his way through his chores and realizes that this magic is too powerful for him. He doesn't mm-hmm. know how to control it. And the brooms and the buckets and everything's just get out of hand. So that's the history behind the sorcerer's those were, hat itself. Uh, those were kind of the old days when Mickey was a little bit of a, of a scoundrel. He was a little bit of a goof, yeah. I must say so. That was, well. He wasn't the goof, but I get, I get you. Well, he was a goof. Ha ha ha. <laughs> not you the, were being not punny. the goof, of course. You were being punny. I'm just so, having a good time. So what I would like to know is, what are your ultimate thoughts? Do you like the sorcerer's hat? You never had a chance to see it in person, so I feel like you are a completely objective opinion here. Do you like it? Do you feel like it fit in at all? I know you. your suggestion was they should have scaled it down and put it over by Fantasmic. But what are your thoughts on, do you actually like the hat? Do you think it looked good? Um, I did. I do. Uh, I did. I did and I do like the hat. It is, um, it's clunky where they put it, but that's no one's fault. Well, it's somebody's fault, but it's like not something to dwell on. Um, I think that it could have served a purpose elsewhere. Um, I think they could have taken the same hat and incorporated it perhaps into a resort. Hmm. Instead of in the middle of MGM. There's an idea. Um, you know, some kind of. I feel of like a, it would fit in with art of animation. Somewhere. Yeah. Like somewhere where it's kind of, even at like a deluxe resort, frankly. I mean, I know you kind of want to get away from Mickey Mouse at deluxe resorts a little, but it could go somewhere. Well, they um, all have different kinds of IP. I just feel mm-hmm. like when I think of art of animation mm-hmm. and talking about what you were talking about with the history of Fantasia. Right. So anyway, that's that's kind of my thought on it. Um, I think it was cool. I, I think that, you know, Hollywood Studios uh, began as and kind of remains in a little bit of a mixed bag of nuts um, as, it, as, as it goes. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's um, I, I think it is really kind of rather clunky where it is. But again, I mean, I, who am I to say, you know, I think Hollywood Studios, like you said, is too jumbled. You've got like Star Wars, Toy Story, all these random attractions, old attractions, new attractions. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> a rock and roller coaster with Aerosmith of all people. I mean, yeah. it, it just. Um, um, my, fam- my favorite park at the moment, be- well, my favorite park only to go to Galaxy's Edge. Um, definitely not my favorite park. You know, I think if it wasn't for Galaxy's Edge, it would probably be a pass park for me, mm-hmm. more than likely. Um, like if I had to just decide, I would probably say I don't need to go there. Sure. Which is funny because I think you said growing up, that's one you always went to. Well, we did always you... did a half day of Epcot, a half yeah. day of Hollywood Studios. Right, right. But you because would still there like, wasn't enough much to do at Hollywood Studios or MGM mm-hmm. Studios. There wasn't enough to do for kids. Yeah. Really? I mean, now that's a completely different story. Well, but even now, Mm -hmm. the number of attractions at Hollywood Studios compared to other parks. Yeah. It's like Epcot. Mm -hmm. I think if you have kids, you could still do a half MGM, half Epcot day, which we did this last trip. Which was a mistake. I mean, I I would do it differently next time. It was um, only a mistake because of how we did it. Yeah, it was too too much. Um, Well, 
so I mean, with kids rides, you've got like all of Toy Story Land, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on the age of your kids, they could do Smuggler's Run and, and completely ruin the mission for coaxial cables. Sure. Um, or they can sit Mickey in the and back Minnie's. Row. You know, there's and how I wish I haven't been able to sit in the front row and be a pilot except one time because I'm an adult and when there's children riding with me, I have to let them do it. I got to be a co-pilot like three times. I know, and I always have to be like a gunner engineer. Um. I was on uh, I was on Smuggler's Run with a grandmother and her family, and she and I were both the gunners, and she was so mad. She was annoyed that her granddaughter was not steering correctly. <laughs> she thought it was a stupid ride. She was bored. She said her arm hurt. And I was yes. like, I'm right there with you, Granny. That this is not Blast. This is not a fun seat. I love Smuggler's Run. I don't care mm-hmm. what seat I'm in. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I just it'd be nice to be the pilot every small once in a while. Sure. Um yeah, I, I think it's a cool icon. I, but again, I mean, I don't. It's it's kind of like uh, you know Mickey's Fun Wheel. It just sort of was yeah. there, and there's not a whole. I like that there's lore behind the hat with mm-hmm. with Yeznid, Yezdid, Yezniz, Yeznid, Yeznid. I thought he was like a Russian gentleman. No, Yensid. Yensid. You mixed up the Yen-sid. letters. Yensid. Um, he sounded like a Russian guy to me when you first said his just name. Just Disney backwards. Yeah, I tricked you. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, when I think of Hollywood Studios, honestly, Indiana Jones, Mickey and Minnie's, hit up Galaxy's Edge, get myself a Ronto wrap. Mm-hmm. Ogre's Cantina. I could take or leave most of the rest of it, really. Yeah. Like, I've kind of um, done all the other things that I like to do. Those are the things that I wouldn't want to miss. Yeah. I'm oh, I like you. the. I actually really like the Frozen show. You are a big fan of the Frozen show. It's hilarious. Um, it's hilarious, and I actually really liked when the American Idol experience was there in that pavilion. Mm, it was a fun thing. I don't think I would do that, but I hear you. I'm well, with you. You go and you watch people perform, and then the people who win that day get a golden ticket to go to actually audition in front of the judges. It was a cool thing. And get just like chewed out by Simon Cowell. Yep. Not that's, anymore. That's my worst nightmare. I like the judges now. Now you get like encouragement. What is this? I think they're still pretty honest. Though. They are honest, but there's a whole lot of encouragement. There is, but I think that's healthy. Yeah. I don't really want to repeat some of the things that Simon Cowell would tell people, but it was so vicious and rude. It was a different It was a different time. Man. It a was a different show. time, you know? <laughs> we were allowed to do things like that in the early 2000s. No one cared. Some people still try to do that. It happens. You could literally tell someone that they were a waste of life on national television. Everyone's like, lol, Simon. Yeah, and then they would just move on. Stupid. Um, do you have anything else to say about that big old, big old hat? I do not. That was all of my research and history. There's, you know, there's not like a ton of stuff because there it was no attraction. Yeah, it was so just like, a, I don't it was have... just a big old prop. Right, and so I don't have, like, background about a ride that was supposed to go underneath of it or a show or something. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, buy your pins, people. <laughs> That's the best way that we can block a view of a theater. Yeah. So, yep, my two cents are I really liked it. It's nostalgic for me because my first trip to Disney was in 2000, so really only the first trip was the one that didn't have the hat and all mm. of my other trips through my childhood had the hat there up until um, really up you until and I we went were together. married yeah. although i think you went one year before we got married maybe yeah but it was still there cuz it was was it now 
end of 2014. Okay, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. interesting. Yep, so Um, the hat was still there. So every trip up until my adult life, the hat was there. And like I said, to me, it's nostalgic because it was like start your day with the sorcerer's hat and end it with Fantasmic. So yeah, that's how I tied it in. the sorcerer's hat and end in Fantasmic. Yeah, perfect. That's the end of our show today, folks. That's the end of our show. Um, Well, thanks, guys, for for listening so much. Um, We are actually going to seriously this time wrap up this little segment um, or this little series we're doing. Uh, with the Matterhorn next week, and I am super excited to do this one. Um, I was actually I knew that the that the uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle was the big icon in Disneyland, but it's really hard to talk about Disneyland, I think, without talking about um, the Matterhorn bobsleds next to it. Um, is there a basketball court inside of it? We'll we'll find out. So uh, thanks again, guys, for listening. We we really do sincerely appreciate it. Um, you can go ahead and uh, find us on. Online at theparksacademypod.com, on Instagram at theparksacademy. Um, we appreciate uh, good reviews and uh, feedback on our show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again so much, um, as always, to our sponsor, Deep Cut, um, makers of record accessories and other uh, fine pieces for your home. Uh, you can get 10% off your first order with Deep Cut using the code TPA10 at checkout. I really am excited to tell you guys next week about our upcoming sponsor, or maybe it's going to be the week after, but eventually we are going to share a new sponsor with you guys, uh, get a code in your hand, get a discount from them, and I, I think you will be very, very, very pleased. Um, that's it. Start in, uh, well, start wherever you want. I don't care. <laughs>